Welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ott. With our episode today, we would like to go back to the Mission in the African Context series. It's designed and delivered to you by Dr. Oscar Sindo, who, as you very well know, serves as Institute of World Mission Associate Director. In the next several episodes in this series, Dr. Sindo will be exploring a very important topic of the African traditional worldview. It is so huge for missionaries serving in Africa to understand the African worldview. Some of you are coming from within the African continent, serving in another part and maybe looking for a refresher. But many of you are coming from outside and have a deep need to understand what African worldview is and maybe how it manifests itself in the everyday life. Today, Dr. Oscar Asinda is interviewing Dr. Andrew Mutero from East Central Africa Division. Dr. Asinda will give his counterpart a proper introduction in the interview itself. Just before transitioning to the interview, though, take a quick look at the show notes for this interview. You will find links there to all previous episodes in the Mission in the African Context series. You'll also find several other links where we touch on the topic of worldview in general. Now, with that, let's transition to the interview itself. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org slash podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Uh, my guest today is... Uh... Uh, Dr. Andrew Mutero. Our topic for presentation is uh, the African worldview, a general introduction. Uh, Dr. Andrew Mutero currently serves as the Director of Education at the East Central Africa Division. Uh, Previously, Dr. Mutero has served um, in the West African Division at the University of Kosendai in Cameroon, where he was the chair of theology department, as well as chaplain and a pastor of Kosendai. Uh, then Dr. Mutero served at uh, the Adventist University of Africa as a professor of systematic theology. Uh, Dr. Mutero is also a pastor, has pastored the Adventist district a number of years uh, before uh, pursuing his um, uh, higher education. Dr. Mutero, welcome uh, and speak to us and tell us what the African worldview is all about. Welcome. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Dr. Osindo, for the welcome and uh, for the introduction. It is my pleasure to be able to uh, talk to you uh, today. Yes, thank Uh, you. Let me, let me start by asking you, how would you define worldview? I have uh, looked at various uh, definitions of worldview from different uh, dictionaries and from different uh, sources. And uh, I have come up with uh, this uh, definition uh, that a worldview is a collection of attitudes values, expectations, and stories 
And uh, one of uh, the person um, that has written a very a nice article on worldview, uh, Dr. Zakias Matema, Professor Zakias Matema, who is an Adventist, he uses the word control box that uh, a worldview is like uh, a control box that uh, governs uh, somebody's uh, attitude, uh, values, and uh, expectations, and uh, it uh, works uh, by the default. Yes, thank you for, for that uh, definition. Now, how is the traditional African worldview different from others? And I'm so happy because you are you are an African serving as a missionary in Africa, and you have served both in the West and in the Eastern part of Africa. So how is the traditional African worldview different from others? Uh, I'm uh, preparing for uh, this uh, recording. I looked at uh, the African, uh, the traditional African worldview and compared it with other worldview, for example, Christian worldview, uh, Islamic worldview. And uh, I want to put it in a very simple way. Traditional African worldview has no compartment. Uh, that, that means that uh, there is uh, no uh, differentiation between uh, the sacred, uh, the secular, and uh, holy and holy, and uh, the worldview permits through uh, an African, and uh, it is uh, governed by a very strong belief in uh, one supreme being, one God who is uh, the creator of heaven and earth. And uh, it has a very distinctive uh, cosmo cosmology. And uh, there is uh, a belief in uh, ancestors. Ancestors is uh, a very, very important uh, component of uh, tradition. Uh, traditional African uh, worldview and uh, the world of uh, spirit. Uh, they believe that they are good spirit and uh, they are also uh, bad uh, spirits. And, uh, and therefore, traditional uh, African worldview is, is very religious. Uh, one, of, uh, one of the leading uh, African theologian uh, says that an African is notoriously religious. Everything that an African does is governed by a religion, governed by their religious worldview. And, uh, and, and so that, that makes uh, the traditional African religion, uh, the traditional African worldview very, very, very different uh, from all other kinds of worldview because it is notoriously religious. Eating is uh, a religious exercise. Sleeping for an African is uh, a religious exercise. Everything that an individual does uh, from uh, Sunday to Saturday, all those things are governed by uh, a religious uh, worldview. 
and uh, while in other western world in western uh, world view uh, things are put in compartment. Uh, there is a place for religion, there is a place for secular, there is a place for everything else. So uh, in, a human being has various compartments and things are, uh, are nicely organized. Uh, the secular does not mix with the religious. So things are put in compartment, but in uh, traditional African worldview, it is uh, very porous. It is very, you know, things move from one thing to another. And uh, religion, religion is the dominant, is the dominant uh, factor in uh, a life of uh, an African. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Mutero, for actually setting apart the African uh, traditional uh, traditional African worldview, you know, setting it, setting it apart from other worldviews as well, and particularly comparing uh, with the Western uh, worldview, which is a true tire, you know, worldview whereby you have uh, the realm of human beings where we live and you have the realm of God and nothing there in the middle, but the African worldview connects connects it all so that in between uh, you have uh, spirits and uh, gods and, and and worldviews. Now, having said that, could you further, you know, uh, describe the critical elements in a traditional African worldview, like the cosmic order, uh, the concept of deity, and and the community and the African uh, community as it relates to to this? In uh, tradition, uh, African worldview. There is a, a cosmic order that uh, involves uh, a supreme being, one, one God uh, who is believed to have created uh, the world. There is uh, also a belief in uh, the world of spirit. And uh, after the world of spirit, there are ancestors. Ancestors, these are people who have died and uh, people who are very, very, very important to those who are living. Uh, ancestors are people who are feared because they can interfere with one's uh, life. They can bless you. They can make life become hell for you. And so in uh, the cosmic order, the ancestors have a very uh, important uh, role and uh, there is a creation uh, you know they are cows and uh, cows uh, go all the domestic uh, livestock they they are created and they are very very important to uh, an african i would like to point out that in the concept in the concept of deity it is believed that this supreme god lives on top of big mountain for example in kenya they believed that the god uh, the supreme god lived on top of mount uh, kenya and uh, those who live around uh, kilimanjaro they believed that uh, god was living on top of 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 the mountain uh, where he can be able to see everybody where he and uh, this God is, uh, is powerful, this God is sovereign, this God is uh, almighty, this God is eternal. He is deeply involved in the lives of, uh, of the living. 
and everything, all aspects of life, they are done in uh, reference to uh, to God. God is the center of uh, of the community, and uh, it was uh, the community felt that they had uh, an obligation to to be able to worship this God because this God can punish, this God can bless. And uh, therefore, uh, the community had some collective uh, responsibilities and um, uh, punishment would be collective. If God was unhappy with the people, he was not only going to punish people individually, but was going to punish them as a, as a, as a, as a community. And so there was a lot of uh, community policing, uh, people did not want to do anything that would be able to agitate God, that would be able to bring a curse to the living. Uh, one of uh, very famous uh, African proverbs is that it takes a village to raise a child. A child did not just belong to a family. A child belonged to the entire community. And so the community had a collective responsibility to take care of, of the children. And so uh, the community was involved with at the stage of birth, when children came into the world, there were celebrations, there were parties, uh, and uh, you know there were ceremonies to worship God uh, because people are happy that a child was born. So it was uh, something that involved the whole community educating, raising up the children. It was the work of the whole community. Elders had to teach the young ones the oral history, teach them how they are supposed to respect the elders and respect other people. And uh, the marriage, the marriage was also a communal. Uh, it was a communal responsibility. And that's why divorce was not even possible because uh, if the whole community is involved in, uh, in a marriage, then uh, there is no way uh, somebody would say that they don't want their wife because the whole community was involved in uh, in uh, the marriage at the first place. And even death, there were so many ceremonies involving death because uh, a person was not only buried by the family, it was, it was buried by the whole uh, community. The whole community was involved in mourning and uh, in, they were involved in giving a good send-off to somebody who is dead. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, uh, Professor Mutero. Uh, you are a privileged person in the sense that you were born in Africa, in an African village, uh, but then you lived in the U.S. for many, many years. Uh, you schooled in the U.S. and you attended uh, your PhD in systematic theology in the U.S. and then you went back to Africa as a missionary to serve. And as I've said, you served both in West Africa and now you are in the Eastern Africa uh, part. So you kind of uh, have an understanding of these two worlds. So let me ask you, what is the biggest challenge you face in sharing the gospel within the traditional African religious context? Uh, thank you very much uh, for the question, Dr. Osindo. Uh, the biggest uh, challenge uh, I face in sharing the gospel within the traditional African religious context is that uh, religion for many uh, African is, uh, is communion, is communion. And uh, 
people look upon uh, the elders to be able to uh, to sanction uh, certain moves and uh, missionaries that were very very successful in uh, in Africa were those who first went and witnessed to the chiefs and to the elders and once the chiefs and the elders embraced Christianity, uh, the rest of the people were able to be convinced they followed, uh, they followed through because a decision on how to practice religion is not so much an individual uh, decision, it is so much based on, on the community. And so it becomes very, very, very difficult when you want to witness to people uh, individually, uh, because one of the things that they'll be asking their mind is, is this, is this gospel, is what you are telling them, has it been sanctioned by the chief, has it been sanctioned by the elders, is uh, the new faith going to put me into conflict with the, with the elders or with the community, uh, because it is believed that the community has to go together. Religion is not a practice, is not a private, uh, is not a private business of an individual, but uh, religion is something that is experienced by the entire community. And so when somebody is embracing a religion, they should not leave anybody behind. They should not leave their elders, their families behind. And so that becomes a very uh, challenging aspect when we are sharing the Adventist faith in different parts of, uh, of Africa. And uh, number two, the other challenge we have is uh, that of dual allegiance, uh, that somebody may be willing to, uh, to embrace Adventist faith, but uh, that does not mean that uh, they have completely denounced the traditional uh, African religion. One leg will be in uh, the Adventist message, the other leg will be in traditional African religious, uh, uh, you know, beliefs. And uh, so that creates also a big problem for uh, sharing the gospel uh, because uh, many will try to embrace uh, the truth. They embrace the truth. They'll try to be as much as possible to be loyal to the Adventist faith. At the same time, they'll be loyal to the traditional African uh, religion. And so that is one of the biggest uh, problems that, uh, uh, that, uh, that we have. And uh, uh, number three, Religion is not uh, practiced in a vacuum, is not practiced uh, in secrecy. And, uh, and, and, and so, uh, for many Africans, uh, they want to embrace the beliefs and uh, the brand of Christianity that, is, that will not create tension in the community. And uh, so, they don't want to be at loggerheads. An African will not be want to be at loggerhead with the chief or with the elders, and uh, so it makes uh, uh, it makes it makes establishing or planting an Adventist church in uh, in a community in a new community very 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 difficult. 
because uh, many people will not want to spoil the social order that is within uh, the community. And uh, so where Adventist has worked very, very well is where Adventist message starts with the children, where we go in an African community and build a school and the children from the community become Seventh-day Adventist and they grow uh, they start practicing Adventists from childhood, then that works very, very, very well. But new converts to Adventism who are more than 35 years of age, it becomes a very, very, very big challenge for the new converts because they'll be torn. They'll forever be torn between uh, to religion and uh, they will be practicing uh, when things are not going well they are very sick uh, by default they will uh, resort to uh, traditional african uh, uh, religion uh, you know they will if visiting a doctor is not working they will most likely visit a witch doctor uh, because they still believe that uh, a witch doctor can uh, has certain powers, uh, can bring about healing. And so that is uh, a challenge for Christianity. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> thank you so much, uh, Professor Mutero, for actually you have outlined not just one challenge, but three big challenges that faces one when they share the gospel in a, in a traditional African religious context. And you have also gone ahead and actually given advice that one way to approach that is through education and to begin with the young, young people uh, who are still in their formative uh, stages of life. Uh, it's easy for them to embrace new ideas. What further advice would you give to help an, an African missionaries serving in Africa to succeed in their mission? Um, I would uh, share some several uh, advices. Uh, one is that uh, <clears throat> they need uh, to be very respectful of the African uh, tradition uh, religion. They should endeavor to understand, understand, understand what works and uh, understand what is not working, understand what is compatible to Christianity, what is not compatible to Christianity, in order that a missionary can be able to teach from known to unknown. It is always good you go and uh, uh, help the learners uh, start from what they know to what is uh, unknown. And when you identify uh, what is working in that, uh, in that uh, community, what is not in conflict with Christianity. Affirm, affirm that which is not in conflict with Christianity, affirm the strength, let them, not everything about African traditional religion is, is evil, is bad. There are a lot of things that are very Christian, that are very compatible uh, to Christianity. After you have been able to identify the strength and affirm that which is working, then you try to see what can be uplifted, what can be modified, what can be made better, what uh, what, uh, where you can add value, where you can help people to see that, yes, this can be better, this can be better. This kind of belief, uh, actually, how things are pointing to Jesus Christ, because 
there are very many things in uh, in uh, traditional African religion that points to Jesus Christ as the savior of the world, points to Christianity. And so uh, somebody needs to really understand how you can be able to uh, articulate those things that, uh, uh, that uh, are compatible to Christianity and helping uh, use some of the metaphors that are well known to the Africans in trying to communicating uh, the good news of the of the of the gospel and it is also very important that when you are working in uh, uh, working with africans that it is always advisable to start with elders start with leaders leaders have a certain uh, authority uh, a lot of power in a community and when leaders embrace um, uh, a new religion or new way of thinking, it is very, very, very easy to be able to make inroad with the rest of, uh, of, uh, of the community. And also, I would like to point out to Dr. Osindo that whenever we go to work in a new, in, in a new area, we need to pay more attention to people who are less than 25 years of age. Mm -hmm. Children and young people, they are very open. They are very, very open all across Africa. People who are less than 25 years of age, they are very, 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 very open to new ideas. They are very open to a new worldview. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes we are seeing the day Adventists, we have focused on people who are more than 35 years of age. And uh, it has been an up, you know, it has been an uphill to try to uh, convert them, uh, to go to marketplaces and talk to these elders. It is sometimes very, very, very difficult. While the, the, the children with the young people, they are very open. They understand very quickly. They are very, very intelligent. They are very, very smart. They are open to new ideas. They are open to Adventism, and uh, and the Roman Catholic Church has worked very well in Africa because they target their major target is young people less than twenty five years of age, mm -hmm. and so they come and build schools, they come and work with the young people, and uh, and that has worked very 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 well uh, for them. And so we as Seventh Day Adventists, we need how we can uh, be able to uh, connect with uh, the young people who are very, very, very open to new ideas and uh, are more likely to embrace the Adventist message. Yeah, thank you so much. And I like your idea of uh, in Africa, you work with the elders. The concept of chief, you need to know who is chief and then you be start with the chief and nothing moves if the chief is not in, in it now uh, before we I let you go would you kindly share and recommend any resources you found helpful in your ministry something that helped you a lot in your ministry in Africa uh, the resources could actually be could be books could be could even be mentors or whatever something that you found very helpful that you want to share with the, with the, with your listeners uh, I I found uh, Dr. Sindo. I found very good articles in the in the Ministry magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, there is uh, a Ministry magazine that uh, 
is dedicated to uh, African uh, worldview. Mm-hmm. And there are two great uh, articles written by uh, Professor Zakias Matema, mm-hmm. who was a professor in Adventist University of Africa, AUA, and mm-hmm. now he's retired, he's back in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. He's pastoring a church in Zimbabwe. And there is also another article written by Professor Nyaundi, mm-hmm. uh, also uh, from a very, from a soci- uh, sociologist perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, those articles are very, very helpful that are written by Adventists. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are other very uh, prolific uh, African writers. And one of my favorite is uh, John John Beatty. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Beatty died like, I think, two, three years ago. Uh, he has written a lot of uh, books on uh, African religion, mm-hmm. uh, African religion, African philosophy. He has, uh, you know, uh, uh, written a lot. He is a novelty in a traditional African religion and worldview. And uh, I also found another book that is very helpful written by Charles Kraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Westerner, but uh, he has written about how Christianity uh, came in Africa. And mm. uh, that book is also very helpful. There is uh, a South African uh, scholar mm. by the name Vade Watt. Uh, he has written about Christian worldview and uh, and uh, Christian higher education uh, in uh, in Africa, mm. and uh, that book I found it to be very very helpful uh, for somebody who is looking at uh, Africa from uh, Western worldview. And uh, another gentleman from Tanzania, mm. he is uh, he is a Roman Catholic. He is a, uh, a professor in Catholic University here in Nairobi. His name is uh, Laurenti Magessa, mm. and he has written intensively on uh, African uh, traditional religion and worldview. And uh, those are some of the few uh, resources that uh, I would uh, like to recommend to the listeners. Mm. And uh, there are many others. There yeah. are many, many others. And uh, I know there are people who have uh, done research. For example, uh, Dr. Osindo, you have done work, uh, written a dissertation uh, on uh, anthropology and looking at religion from anthropological perspective. And uh, you would be very, very helpful uh, to help people who are uh, missionaries uh, to understand how they can be able to deal with the uh, African traditional religion. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us. Personally, I appreciate very much the insights delivered by doctors Asinda and Mutera. More is coming on the African worldview in the next several episodes within this series. Just to make it clear, next week we will actually be picking up another topic, but within this series, African worldview is going to be covered in the next few episodes. Now, if you have questions related to the mission in the African context, simply write to me at otta at gc.adventist.org. I will be happy to put you in touch with Dr. Asindu. 
Recently, we started having live webinars. The one last week on Missionary Transition was one that brought together a great group of people. If you missed it, you can still find the recording on the IWM website. But we have more live training sessions coming up. Next is on March the 4th. And there will be more on future dates. Simply find upcoming webinars link in the show notes and register for the ones that you feel will be important or of support and help to your ministry. My name is Alex Ott and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.